welcome to What the Duck, a podcast with real experts talking about direct spin challenges and experiences. And now, here's your host, Source Day's very own manufacturing maven, Sarah Scudder. Lindsay and I are back, as always, on Monday morning to talk about topics that are relevant to those of you working in supply chain for small and mid-sized manufacturers. Last week, at the end of the show, I had asked Lindsay to, I think it's really relevant and important. I know that most of you, us, me and my team included, are working on budgeting for 2024, figuring out what we need to ask for, how we're going to build our business case, what ROI and metrics do we need to tie to these budget asks. And Lindsay has a lot of experience doing budgeting and putting processes and systems in place for presenting and getting things approved and executing. So I thought that would be a really, really relevant topic for us to talk about today. Those of you that are joining live, drop us a note in the comments. Tell us where you're joining us from. Feel free to share a random or fun fact about yourself as well. So with that, Lindsay, um, let's let's start off with just kind of some of the, the basics around supply chain department budgeting for next year and some of the considerations that really need to be looked at as um, we're building out a budget. Thank you, Sarah. Good morning. Yeah, the uh, I think going into this, why is it... Um, well, it's a little tricky, right? It has to be tailored to our particular situation. And what we're thinking of there is, you know, all supply chains are unique. Um, so it's not a big stretch to say that the budgeting process at different uh, U.S. manufacturers will similarly be unique. Uh, unique both in terms of the environment. So what we're thinking of there is uh, the industry, the amount of money, the uh, the market conditions that we're seeing in terms of growth or even even sales or uh, the commodities we're sourcing the uh, how we buy you know are we do we have the flexibility and uh, albeit the higher cost of via distribution or are we are we hung out there with the, getting a lower price directly from manufacturers perhaps remote manufacturers with less flexibility how does all that factor in? And, you know, I, this, the second idea is how do manufacturers choose to model this? Is it, are we one line on a spreadsheet or are we, uh, is, it, uh, is it a three-page exercise of, of analytics? Um, and, and the, you know, the, the process can be as complicated as we want or it can be a rubber stamp of, uh, you know, well, we're, we're going to uh, take last year's number and bump it 3%, you know. The, but I think, I think that's unhealthy. It's it's always good to to have someone tell you you don't have to do some work, <laughs> but uh, we don't want to be marginalised. Uh, certainly, it's going to be a stretch to say it's a chance uh, for supply chain to shine, but we certainly want to use it as a chance to reintroduce ourselves. If there's going to be a budget review with the uh, with the management team, with the leadership team, it's an opportunity to help 
send the message to to reset of here's what supply chain really does so from the selfish supply chain perspective we we want the we don't want to miss that opportunity um to to, to talk to our personal agenda so you know how do we do that you know we can I, I think the wrong way is to be a, a storyteller, Lindsay. You know that's uh, that's charming, but yeah, doesn't really get us too much uh, credibility. Um, I think KPIs, data and KPIs, are our friends. So reintroduce supply chain. What does that mean? Well, what do we want to say about supply chain? How much money do we spend? How many buyers do we have? How many suppliers do we have? Are the suppliers controlled? How many? what portion of the suppliers are overseas or in remote regions and uh, have incumbent uh, inbound shipping expense over and above just uh, domestic inbound LTL uh, road freight charges. Um, and then how many, closer to Sarah's uh, heart, how, you know, how many open purchase orders do we have? You know, how many, how many POs did I place last year? How many are open at any one time? If I placed, you know, 20,000 last year or, or, or 2,000 or 4,000 open at any instance, how many of them are delinquents? You know, the, uh, what, and then especially for budgeting, what was my PPV last year? You know, what, what, you know, of all the numbers we see of, uh, what is it? The core, uh, the core CPI index that uh, we've all been reading about, about inflationary pressure. How, what does that translate to? in the, uh, the, the micro environment of, of a single company. So, yeah, I, tried, I, I came up with seven considerations. Um, and, the, and the first one's what happened. You know, where did we come from? Bit of a rear view mirror exercise, right? But set the baseline is here, here's where we came from. So I think it's a healthy exercise to go back and say, you know, what happened, what happened in 2022? What happened in 2023? And then ask ourselves, What's, what, what's going to change? Is it, uh, are we saying from a product lifetime management perspective or a new product introduction perspective, what, what are we seeing change? Uh, what, what, what do we expect? So, so have that, come at it with that informed, uh, informed understanding because there's so much going I on. Think, I think it's important to also really look at the globally what's happening yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, and that's a tricky one. Um, certainly be aware of that. But then how does it translate to in our environment? Certainly look at the gross level, you know, the, the, the macro level. It's fascinating reading, right? <laughs> um, but also at, at our gross level, uh, SNOP process, our sales and operating plan. What, what do we see happening there? Is the sales team expecting growth in certain areas? How does that translate to the supply chain activity? You know, what, what, what specific big customer trends do we see? Um, and use these to, to, uh, to distill down that, uh, that global macro level to, uh, since, since there's so much disagreement about, you know, where the economy is going. And then the, uh, you know, the, the, the big, the 800 pound gorilla we've got to talk about is the, uh, the cost of goods, you know, Here's how much money we spend. Here's how it translates to, you know, the company P&L is going to show a cost of goods line. We, we own that. So we, we've, we've, we can add, there'll be a lot of opinions and anecdotes around that, but it behooves supply chain to talk to that in detail about the, uh, the raw material component, the Asian sourcing component, the labor, the inbound LTL, and commodity specific. You know, if I'm 
if I'm spending my $20 million from 400 suppliers, or 200 suppliers, or 20 Asian suppliers, and uh, six of them are machined metal parts, or or five of them are injection molding, or, or, or 20 of them are electronic components, I've got to be able to talk to that and say, well, here's where my risk is. Um, we, can, we can, you know, we don't get to... And, and also, also, also in the in the cost, Lindsay, is um, factoring in freight and transportation, right? Don't just look at the cost of the raw materials, but look at the whole picture of what does it cost to actually get it to you as well or get it to your customer. So I'm glad you said that, Sarah, uh, because that's oftentimes a favorite. You know, uh, you know what we're talking about, using this as an opportunity to reset the perception, perception of supply chain. And a favorite might be, Gosh darn it! These yahoos in purchasing—they keep on, you know, everything comes in FedEx P1. Last year we spent twenty thousand dollars on FedEx. Um, the push it into perspective. You know, how much money did I spend? You know, if I spent uh, uh, twenty million, what's what's that? Is it is, is it a tenth of a percent? I'd expect oftentimes inbound freight in uh, small domestic suppliers typically. 0.1, 0.2% of spend. So use this as an opportunity, certainly to to underscore that we're sensitive to it and we're watching it, but let's not forget the 800 pound gorilla. Yeah, the, uh, the, the fact that we spend a fraction of a percent on freight in some businesses, right? Um, if your business is very much a buy and sell business and you know, with a lot of uh, low cost Asian sourcing, then yeah, the, the, the freight may be a far more significant uh, conversation. Um, third, uh, third favorite um, is uh, part of our selfish desire and our selfish desire around the infrastructure, the technology, the automation. You know, the um, we can supply chain practitioners, buyers can lose sleep at night over their environment of trying to keep up with purchase order changes, trying to keep up with relentless ERP recommendations. And there's infrastructure, there's technology, there's automation, there's RPA, robotic process automation out there to help. Um, and typically, you know, when you look at the range of tech deficit in organizations, it's the small, medium-sized manufacturer that's that's trailing. So, you know, we shouldn't be surprised by that. We shouldn't, we don't have to get defensive about it, but we do want to have a little note here that says, you know, here's the, here's the opportunity. And that may, you know, to, to jump ahead a little bit, um, the, uh, that may tie in with the selfish desires of other departments. You know, the IT department's no fan of the fact that they have uh, um, a, uh, a hacking a liability or uh, IT security uh, vulnerability because they've got an old network in in in, man in manufacturing with lots of nodes connected to machines and operations is talking about adding more nodes or that the warehouse has a, a wireless network that's you know the doesn't have the security patches on it so there's an opportunity there to tie in with IT and say hey we got to get the network. Perhaps we're going to put in a private 5G. Perhaps we're going to uh, just rewire the darn thing. Uh, at least do a site survey to see how our network is. 
IT wants to do that. IT doesn't need the headache of, you know, mystery stuff out in the, in the factory. And from a supply chain perspective, we'd love to have better network coverage in my warehouse to, so I can use my, my handheld terminals, right? So, yeah, infrastructure technology. And I, uh, and I, would, I would put a, just a, a note here. Sales teams invest heavily in tech. Right. They, they need different systems, CRM. So look at what they're investing in and how they're getting things approved and what they're using, because there's typically a pretty heavy investment in tech for sales on the on the go to market, what I call the go to market team. That's a that's a good suggestion. You know, they, they, you, know, how, you know, how much is engineering getting to spend? How much is sales getting to spend? How much is IT getting to spend? Here's what supply chain needs to spend or here's what we need to tap into. Um, fifth uh, consideration is the risk management contingency. Good Lord, Sarah, you know, what, what a last couple of years, uh, you know, you know, when's it going to stop? You know, this, this COVID thing, you know, just won't go away. This, um, the Chinese politics, I, I hate to say the words, you know, the, the punitive tariffs, oh Lord, the, uh, the staffing at, at the ports, both at the, at the, on the Chinese Eastern seaboard, as well as on the uh, domestic West coast, that all these uncertainties, the, 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 um, yeah, yellow freight going bankrupt for goodness sake, you know, the, um, you know, how many disruptions can we deal with? And all, none of these things add value. And yet they, they suck up, potentially they suck up so much time of a supply chain practitioner's uh, day. So unfortunately, naive to expect it all goes away in 2024. So we got to have continued, we don't know what it'll be, but we have to be prepared. You know, we have to be prepared. So we have to be prepared for what if Asian shipments stop our, our delayed for a month, you know, does that have ramifications in buffer stock in inventory? What, what if my, how many sole source parts do I have? How many sole source Asian parts do I have? You know, how many sole source parts do I have from suppliers who are underfunded? You know, we've got to, we've got to have that. And we want to present that as part of the consideration because a little bit of motivation by fear, you know, it's not, we're not just for goodness sake, we're not just order placers. We're trying to, you know, enable the company's success by dealing with dealing with all this and and we need some uh, health and resources to do it right um number six suppliers suppliers our relationships our negotiation so it's we certainly don't want to get up let, let off the, our our management peers with the uh, given the latitude to dismiss us as you know we're order placers with our favorite suppliers that we go to lunch with every month no 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 we've got to profile the supplier base you know break it out by regions identify the risks identify who's sole source identify you know 2023 2022 who who how many suppliers did we have uh, subpar performance you know one of the first meetings i was ever in with steve kaufman ceo of arrow electronics he he asked, he interrupted a, a budget planning meeting and said, who's your worst supplier? Um, the answer caused a commotion, but, you know, it was one of our own divisions. But, you know, a great thing for the executive leadership to know who, who's our, you know, where, where's our supplier vulnerability? Great thing for supply chain to demonstrate they have the answer. Um, where's, uh, which, where's the cost pressure? 
you know, the, we, may, we may not have seen the PPV in 2023, but where are we, you know, how many of our 200 suppliers are pushing on us that got to, got to give me price relief, got to give me price relief, got to give me price relief. I'm not, uh, it's, 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 it, it, I can't stay in this business if you, uh, if you don't give me some accommodation here. Um, the, uh, Cost reduction goes hand in hand with that. Just because we've got inflationary price pressures, our cost reduction initiatives don't go away. So we've got to present a, you know, the balanced score scorecard, if that's the right uh, metaphor. Uh, lastly, Sarah, um, organizational development, supply chain training, um, teaching the warehouse folks how to count, how to cycle count, how to problem solve cycle counting. You know what the most common cycle count errors are. You know how uh, what the root causes are, helping the purchasing team with uh, what we've talked about before. What did we call them? The, the secondary process, the background process, the exceptional process. That uh, what you do when things don't go according to plan. Um, what about Lindsay? What so those were seven things to consider as someone's putting their budget together for next year. What about some best practices? You've done this a lot. You've had some wins. You've had some failures. You've made some mistakes. What are a couple things that you can share with our listeners today? <clears throat> yeah, so um, absolutely. The, uh, the, the Fundamentally, the budget has to align with the, the company's goals and objectives, but we also want it to align with here's where supply chain is today. And here's you know here's where we here's where we need to uh, shift the needle. We may not get we need, may not get an immediate win, but we'll continue to plant the seeds. This 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 is this is where we need to be for robotic process automation. This is where we need to be for to develop the team. This is where we need to be for technology. The uh, this is where we are. This is our vulnerability because of supply chain transition. Um, if we're not compelling you know um, or to be more compelling i say i would say secondly involve the rest of the team you know it wants a better network finance wants uh, more assured uh, cash flow uh, operations wants more assurance of supply so that that all dovetails nicely with supply chain development so role in our peers to to collaborate on on, on, on these three deliverables. And then lastly, Sarah, I would say, certainly certainly try to stay abreast of the industry news, but my, well, what a time sink that is, right? You know, with the forecasts and the trends. I think the- Well, and, and information overload, it's coming from so many different places. Sometimes it's hard to understand like what's real, what should I be paying attention to also? So that's hard to navigate. Yeah, it's, it's both, right? It's what's real. What's just marketing hype? No offense. Uh, and and what's uh, and what's uh, what's relevant to me? And I think the relevant to me is 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 a great thing to know. You know, the fact that Amazon is doing last mile optimization that probably doesn't affect most of us. You know, or or that their budgets. You know, however many billion that probably doesn't affect most of us directly. However, if we see if we can see use cases from similar sized operations, you know, it's other companies like me that are spending 20 million, that have 400 suppliers, that have that have five buyers and 
six people in the or three people in the stock room and uh, and three in receiving and shipping. You know what what are they doing? You know, so a bit of benchmark, but also the uh, you know from the robotic process automation. Where does it all trickle down to? What use cases are we seeing to to improve things? All right, Lindsay. Looks like we are just at about time. Uh, for those who have topics they'd like us to cover in a future show, feel free to drop a note in the chat or ping me on LinkedIn. We want to make sure what we are talking about is very, very relevant to the small and mid-market manufacturing space. With that, wishing everyone a wonderful start to the week, and we will see you next Monday.